this Run the Real? Yes, who is this? Run the Real? Yes, yeah, this is Run the Real. Who is this? Is this uh is this podcast secure? Is this a joke? Who the <laughs> hell is this? I thought there might be a reward. We will find you. You don't even know what kind of review you're in for. Thought you might <laughs> like to know that your review is gonna be good. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> you don't know who you're messing <laughs> My with. My name definitely isn't Mike, featuring also <laughs> Terry. Mr. Fox <laughs> and Dan. And we are back with a new category, and we're doing Treat Yourself. Yeah, it's been a while. It has. I can't remember the last ones we did. I can tell you right now. What was it? Ghost Story, Mad, Mad, Mad World, Mother, and Solaris. Wow, that was like... Two years ago. That's when we first started. My inaugural episode. Oh, yeah. That was when you first started. You joined officially. Yeah, Solaris. But yeah, we're at Treat Yourself, and Fox picks this one. What did you pick, Fox? I picked Burn After Reading. Ooh, the Coen Brothers film from 2008. Give us the lowdown. What is it, Fox? Well, Burn After Reading is a tale of paranoia. Of love and lost love and wild incompetence. <laughs> yep, that's pretty accurate, actually. I don't really know how to lay down this plot, you know. Uh, two, two gym employees come into a possession of a, uh, the memoirs of a CIA analyst, and they, they, they believe that it's highly classified information because the CIA analyst believes that it's important. And basically a wild uh, slew of random, almost unrelated events uh, <laughs> follow. Worlds collide. <laughs> the CIA gets in there, the Treasury, the Russians. So this uh, cast has a pretty diverse amount of famous actors and actresses. We have George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Francis McDormand, John Malkovich, Tilda Swinton, Richard Jenkins, J.K. Simmons. And there's a lot of characters, and they all get intertwined into this plot in very different, weird ways. I think this is like Coen Brothers firing on all cylinders on what they want to do with their weird movies, because they all try to be weird like this. But I don't think they all pull it off as well as this movie. You know, to me, it feels like Seinfeld the movie. Like, sure, there's a loose plot, but really... It's kind of a movie about nothing. Like, maybe there's a story, but it's mostly just the bizarre events of these people's lives. It is very bizarre and weird. And just the situation just keeps getting weirder and weirder throughout the movie. Well, I'm going to stop you right there. The main difference between Seinfeld and this is that Seinfeld's actually funny and has jokes in it. And this movie is not funny. It has no jokes in it at all. I, I'll I'll just come right out here and say I hated every minute of this movie that I watched. Oh my god, really? <laughs> I hated the entire thing. There was multiple times I almost turned it off. Actually, I hated this film. Let's hear it, Dan. Why did you hate it? Oh man, there's a lot of reasons why I didn't like this movie. Somebody get some paper. We yeah. gotta take notes. <laughs> you take some notes. 
And I'll put it in my memoir. (laughs) (laughs) Why I burnt burn after reading. (laughs) Burn after watching is what it sounds like. Burn after watching. (laughs) Giving away his hand. I I guess I should should start out and say I'm not the biggest Coen Brothers fan. I know people love the big Lebowski, but I... I think it's pretty stupid and not funny. There's there's like one part in it that I genuinely laughed at. But other than that, I don't like it. And I don't think it's very good. Granted, I haven't seen all their movies, but I've seen that. I've seen this. I didn't like this. I watched Hail Caesar. Didn't really care for that one either. Has a lot of the same issues, I think, that this one did. The movies I do like from them, though, are ones that aren't their original ideas. True Grit and No Country for Old Men. Those are both pretty good. Forgot they did True Grit. I did, too, until I was looking at them before we started. (laughs) That's like an actually a really good remake. If you're going to remake the original True Grit, I mean, they did a pretty good job, I'd say. So all their original things, I have not liked a single one of them really so far. And this one's not going to change my mind. I guess just to get my initial thoughts out of the way, I hated every single character in this. And I know that's the point, but I didn't like a single one of them. I thought they were all stupid, moronic, self-grandizing pricks pretty much. (laughs) Not even Brad Pitt? He was the most likable out of the bunch, but he was still, he was so stupid. He's so stupid, it's unfeasible. Very much reminds me of his, like, early work before he was really famous, like, um, Delma and Luis, right? That's him in that, isn't it? He's this, like, random, dumb, like, surfer dude who just shows up and, but he's a very similar character, yeah. I don't know. Very throwbacky to old Brad Pitt. For sure. And I mean, he's demonstrated how much better he is nowadays at acting. So not that he did bad or that anybody did bad in this film. I don't think anybody was a bad actor in this film. I just think that the characters were so poorly written and the dialogue is not that great either. Everybody's one dimensional. There's no character growth. It's just a bunch of idiots going around doing stupid, incomprehensible things, and they don't change any. So it's kind of like, to me, I'm like, what's the point? I mean, the whole joke is that they're making all this fuss over nothing, essentially, which is a funny idea, I admit, but I don't like how they went about it at all in this movie. (laughs) I'd say there's a much better movie of this type that was made like 15 years ago called Pulp Fiction. <laughs> and you should watch that instead of this. You know, I would disagree there. You know, you say all these characters are one dimensional, but I have known a person in real life who represents almost every single one of these characters, almost to the T. Like I've known the dumb jock guy who only cares about fitness. And that's all he knows. I've known like this person who they're like, okay, I need to get surgery to make my body better. Nothing I can do. I can, I've gone so far with my body here, you know. I've known and I've seen couples who have this very toxic relationship like Osborne Cox and his um, wife has. And we have the, we've all known the womanizer like George Clooney. 
I've known all these people in my life. And the thing is, they don't change. Like, that's the whole point of this movie is all these characters are awful people and they don't change. And they're only looking out for themselves and how far they can get in life by running over whoever they have to. And they all get put up into this nonsensical plot where they all have to interact with each other and it does not go well and they end up like killing each other almost every chance they get or <laughs> sleeping with each other. It, it, it's just ridiculous. When they go actually back to the, I guess it's the CIA, and J.K. Simmons is like the actual voice of reason there, and he's like, <laughs> what did we learn here? And he's like, <laughs> I guess not to do it again. <laughs> not yeah. to do it again. Yeah, that was, that was one of the two parts I laughed at, was the end with him, and then when um, George Clooney was looking around at the park and saw all the people watching. <laughs> Those are the only two parts that I thought were funny. <laughs> I will say, I think the ending does make this movie for me. I think it's like the perfect like period at the end of the like sentence or something, you know, like he just nails like what the whole movie was in such a funny way. I don't know. Yeah. I think it just like, it really elevates it. Just the final like dialogue with J.K. Simmons for me, at least is like, okay, yeah, this was all just a big joke, really. Because he's the character that everybody can relate with. I mean, you're watching this whole time. You're like, this doesn't make any sense. Everything is nonsense here. <laughs> Every interaction doesn't make sense because he's actually thinking like us as the audience watching it. I think there's another layer, though, of stupidity, even with J.K. Simmons and the CIA, because they don't know anything because their agent who's like reporting to J.K. Simmons is also obviously wildly incompetent. Even then, yeah, he's like, you know, he's like, well, we we're going to send the bodies to get, you know, a cause of death or motives or whatever. He's like, no, no, just burn them. Like, we don't need that. No, it's like, what? No, like, he's so like, he doesn't care, you know, he's just like, get rid of the evidence, you know, like, whatever. We don't need to investigate that any further. Like, yeah, he's just so indifferent, too. Yeah, he's so high above it all. I think that he's just like, yeah, whatever. Just let's get this over with as quickly as possible. When they ask him what his clearance level was, and he's like, clearance level three, and he's like, oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> that was pretty funny, I thought. Yeah, I just, I didn't like it. I, I get, I know what they're doing with it, with the whole, you're not supposed to like the characters. Yeah, I get it. But there's an art to doing that and making it relatable. That's why all the best, like, crime dramas are so good because they take these dirtbag characters and they make you actually care about them. Like The Godfather, for example. That's a great, great one to compare it to when you're making dirtbag characters, right? And this one just, it doesn't do that at all. I can't get attached to anybody because I hate all of them so much and I just don't care. I'm like, I don't want to watch their stupid crap. I don't care if Joel Cohen's wife gets her plastic surgeries. I don't, I don't, I don't care. This CIA analyst thinks he's a hotshot um, and it's annoying. It's so stupid and there's no tension because I don't like any of the characters or care what happens to them. I would argue that this movie is kind of a spoof of those movies you're comparing it to, Dan. Like, this was never going to be like The Godfather. This isn't a crime boss mafia movie. You're not trying to relate to these characters. You just get to see these character types and you get to see them interact in this complete nonsense situation. 
but I don't want to watch them <laughs> act in a nonsense situation because I don't care about them and I don't like them. Whereas I do care and like the characters in The Godfather. That's what I was getting at is there's an art to doing dirtbag characters and making you care about them. And this movie does not achieve that. I would disagree. I cared for at least three characters. I liked Brad Pitt's character. And I felt bad when he finally gets the bucket. Well, he got used for some plastic surgery. I mean, it's all his fault to begin with. He's the one who kicks it off. Yeah, he does. He's just excited to do something. Yeah, he's like, oh, we can do something crazy here. The Good Samaritan tax. <laughs> but like George Clooney's character, I feel a little bad for liking because, you know, he isn't that great of a guy, but he still has like a certain charm to him and stuff that I do enjoy. Well, that, that's George Clooney. He's like, he's such a charismatic guy and he brings that so well to this role he plays here. I can't imagine anybody else playing that role besides George Clooney. He nails it. Yeah. He's a bad guy, but yeah, you, I did like him. Um, so I kind of was invested in what he was doing. And then, uh, yeah, the gym manager guy, which he is like the only normal person <laughs> in the movie, but he gets dragged into it too. I did care about him until the movie made it clear that he's just as stupid as all these other people are <laughs> when he showed up at the analyst's house at the end. As soon as he did that, I lost all respect for him. I was like, okay, you're just as stupid as the rest of these morons. He's a desperate old man, like many of the characters in this movie. I mean, you can say he's a moron, but he's a dude who's infatuated with the girl who wants plastic surgery. Classic for any guy who's infatuated with a girl. They're going to do whatever they can to like impress them in some way. So he was actually seemed like a very relatable character compared to the rest of them. I didn't think so. Break into some CIA guy's house? Come on, no one's going to do that. He didn't know it was CIA. True, but you're not going to break into somebody's house. And I mean, he was... He was a smart guy until the end. He was there when they got the stuff, and we're talking about it being the security leak or whatever they thought it was, right? So he would have inferred it from all that. And then the people coming around and asking, I'm pretty sure he knew, which makes it more ridiculous and moronic, in my opinion, that he did it at the end. I don't know. I, I can see where he's coming from, though, you know? Like, yeah, it is a, it's still, like, a relatable choice, I think, just because I can see. The whole movie, he is just fawning over this woman, but she is not paying him any attention. He's getting more desperate, it seems like, as <laughs> he's just like, look, you know, I'm right here, hello, and she's not even paying him any mind. He probably should have taken the hint. He got rejected pretty <laughs> badly, so. When you're that kind of guy in the situation, it's hard to see that how you're talking about it dan i feel like he was very relatable because he was he got drug into this completely ridiculous situation ended up killing him because he was infatuated with uh, that lady and didn't he think this was gonna help him get brad pitt back too because they thought he was missing they didn't know he was dead i think she coerced him into getting brad pitt back uh they they make everything extremely hyperbolic in this for the comedic effect so yeah i guess i guess for me since i didn't like anybody to begin with it being blown out of proportion so much just made it more incredulous i guess and not in a good way yeah i mean yeah you're right that all the characters are super exaggerated the plot gets super like exaggerated and crazy it is just 
I like, yeah, hyper movie. Which I like, but I don't like how they handled it. They played it so seriously and there's like no jokes or really funny dialogue or anything for it being a spoof or a comedy. It's very uh, satirical in the way it approaches this. Like it has a serious kind of nature about it, but you can't take anything seriously in this movie. The way I like to think about it is you take the Big Lebowski, but you take all the side characters and make a story about all the side characters and the Big Lebowski interacting together without focusing on the dude. That's what this movie is. And you put them in this big like espionage plot, but it's actually not espionage because the espionage like data is just junk. It's some guy like trying to write a book. I find this movie hilarious. I've seen it probably three or four times now, and it just cracks me up every time I see it. This is my second time, and it was better this time for me, I think, even. It's got all the trappings of things I like, but I just didn't like it at all. I do think the Coen brothers have a very, well, sometimes, in their movies that are like pure Coen brothers, like Hail Caesar, this one, Fargo, it's a very deadpan kind of thing where they make a joke, you know, the incompetence of the CIA, but there's no grin. Just a guy who thinks he's doing his job or doesn't want to do his job. There's no, like, you know, knowing wink or nod that they're in on the joke. Not that it, like, you know, needs that or... I mean, you know, I know that we like deadpan humor sometimes. But I do think they take deadpan to a whole new extreme. But I personally love it. That's that, but I mean, you know, <laughs> I do think they're very polarizing. I wish I liked their stuff because every, everybody else seems to love them, but <laughs> I just don't. I don't think their script's very good either. And this I had a problem with in the in Big Lebowski too, is it feels like when they're out of ideas, they just resort to people cursing to be cursing and pat out the script. And that can be funny, but it doesn't really work as well in in Lebowski or in this one, I don't think. If they wanted to do the unlikable characters, they need to go something more along Tarantino style of dialogue, right? Because, I mean, look at The Hateful Eight. All those characters are dirtbags in there, too, but there's so much tension built up because of the dialogue that everybody has. So it keeps you on the edge of your seat, even though everybody's a dirtbag in that movie, too. Granted, Tarantino's on a whole other level than most people when it comes to his scripts. I just think if it was written a little bit better, maybe I would have it have more tension that I could latch on to, even though I don't like the characters. I think the thing here, Dan, is you're looking for a lot of stuff that this movie is not. It's like I've seen this style of film before, what he's what they're going for, but much better, I think. And I'm trying to it I'm trying to describe why or what I think would have made it work better for me. I feel like this movie very much falls into that kind of stage play department like Clue does, where the way the dialogue is written feels very much like a stage play and not like a film because it's so overdone and over the top. Clue had really witty dialogue, though, with lots of funny jokes and stuff in it. See, I found this like way funnier than Clue. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> But yeah, we've already talked about how humor is very subjective. But I think that 
Both movies are very witty in their own way. I think the Coen brothers, when they get what they're going for, they hit it really well. And I think this and The Big Lebowski are very comparable together in the humor they're going for, the writing and that kind of stuff. But it is subjective, so I I get it. I just think, Dan, you're comparing this to stuff it shouldn't be compared to. The Godfather, no, this isn't very similar at all. I'm not comparing it to The Godfather. I'm comparing how The Godfather sets up its unlikable characters and make you care about them. Because I didn't find anything to like or care about with these characters. So I was just using that as an example. Well, it's like You're Always Sunny in Philadelphia, kind of. Like, there's dumb characters who are doing really dumb stuff. I like those characters, though. Yeah, but they're terrible. And it's the same deal with this. They're all just a bunch of stereotypes. You know exactly where they're going to go. But I like those characters, Terry. They're, they they grow on you, and they've got their like little quirks that make them, I don't want to say likable, but <laughs> it, it, that... That that show is also like a one in a million thing, too. And to your point, too, Mike, yeah, I get you're not supposed to like them and all that. But then I, my, my counter would be, then why should I care? Well, see, for me, there's a certain charm to each character in this movie as well. Even though they're unlikable, I still kind of want to see what they get up to next. Even down to Osborne Cox. I really despise Osborne Cox. But there's there's that scene where he's like watching the workout video and he's stepping up and he's like, I'm back. I'm back. I'm better than ever. I'm back. <laughs> and he's like pouring drinks for him on the side or every time they're like an alcoholic. And all that guy does is drink in the film. Each character has like a kind of charm to them. What'd you like about Tilda Swinton? Oh, she's so cold and mean. Her interactions with George Clooney are pretty funny, I think, where he's just the warm, charming guy. It's like, why are these two are obviously like they should not be getting along. Like, It seems like such a failed relationship right away. Like just stuff like that. Yeah. Like she's not a likable character. Sure. Like she's the most despisable character in this movie, probably. But just her interactions with other people are what keeps me entertained. I do think it's really interesting that George Clooney's wife writes children's novels, and Tilda Swinton is a pediatrician. Two women who both hate each other, who both work with children. I didn't pick up on that. That's pretty clever. I'll give them that. (laughs) I did think it was interesting, too. So they kind of put George Clooney's wife on this pillar for most of the movie. And then after you find out that she's going to divorce him, she's actually cheating on him with a a TV show host, you know, the, the, the chef guy. And so you're kind of like, oh, man, they're all dirtbags in this, you know? The least dirtbaggy guy is Brad Pitt. And he's just this dumb, like, jock guy who gets caught up in it, you know? I feel like that first report that J.K. Simmons gets from his, like, underling, where he's like, we think they're all sleeping with each other, pretty much sums up the movie. Because none of this would have happened, you know, if George Clooney wasn't cheating on his wife, and if... You know, the 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 gym lady, <laughs> Joel Cohen's wife, wasn't hooking up with him. Everybody kind of drags each other into this situation from the outside in weird and, you know, ways that you would never expect. They're all connected. 
I gotta say, the Wikipedia analysis of the themes in this movie is significantly deeper than I could ever have imagined going into the plot of this movie. So it talks about, like, the exploration of character's perspective, or the lack of perspective, the concept of religion, and breaking God's laws. Huh? What? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> the only thing that I can see in here that I actually under, like, got was the paranoia angle, how they're all paranoid about the government watching them, while the government's like, we don't really know anything that's going on besides they're all sleeping with each other. <laughs> and they could care less, honestly. Yeah, like... <laughs> Dan, I do recognize your points. I know a number of people who don't like Coen Brothers movies or... They like very specific ones and hate others. I have heard that criticism with some frequency. And I can see where it comes from, I think. It's their style, right? I mean, because like Mike said, Lebowski and Hail Caesar and this are all in the same vein. So I guess it's just like you either got to go for it or I guess not. <laughs> not a great way to put it. For me, all that stuff you guys liked, I'm just like, okay, that figures... I don't think is funny. It's kind of predictable. Of course, the sex addict would be building a sex toy thing. So I'm like, okay, I'm not, that's not <laughs> that funny to me, I guess. And of course, Clooney's wife is, is also cheating. I was like, okay, that's original sarcasm. So I'm just like, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get why you guys find it funny, I guess. I feel like it almost comes down to, like, being able to, like, relate to at least one character. Like, I think about, like, my dad showed me Lebowski way back when. Like, he loves Lebowski, thinks it's funny, which, I mean, I love Lebowski, too. And then we were like, oh, we're gonna go see Hail Caesar. Ah, oh, they made a new movie. Awesome. And then he hated Hail Caesar. He thought it was one of the stupidest movies he'd ever seen. I do feel like their movies are extremely hit or miss. You really got to land in that target. You know, you need to know one of these six characters to really appreciate it kind of movies. Which there's nothing wrong with that. I, I still have the same criticisms, even if that's what they're going for. I do think that this movie really showcases how versatile Brad Pitt and George Clooney are as actors. For sure. Yeah, I agree. Like, I love the Oceans movies. Both Brad Pitt and George Clooney are these ultra-suave, like, smooth, cool dudes. Best bros. Even in their, like, brief, you know, 10-second dynamic together, I feel like these two dudes are, like, masters. You know, you know, we have... We always talk about the masters of directing in this show, but I think Brad Pitt and George Clooney, to me at least, are, like, some of the best actors I'm not going to say of our generation because they are, like, old. Oof. But they are. Man, incredible. I don't know. I love both of them. I think they can do a lot of really impressive, versatile stuff. I'd agree with that. Yeah, they're both really good in this movie, for sure. Like, when I watched it again yeah, just yesterday, Brad Pitt just, like, blew my mind. I was like, wow, he is just such a goofy, dopey character. I, have not, I don't feel like I, like I don't see him like this very often. This is crazy. And, yeah, he's doing such a good job of selling it. Like, <laughs> this guy's just an idiot. <laughs> I mean, we talked about a movie not too long ago, Ad Astra, and Brad Pitt was the star in that, and he is so completely different in that movie than what he is here. And I mean, you watch Inglorious Bastards, too, and he's so different. I always feel like he's always underrated in my head for some reason, but yeah, he's really good. Like, he is not a, like, 
he's not really typecast. I don't feel like, you know, like he's very versatile. He can do whatever. I feel bad a little bit, you know, I mean, every time I see Brad Pitt in a movie, I'm like, oh yeah, Brad Pitt, that like super hot, but kind of dumb jock guy. But then like at the same, he's always though, he can do a lot of different roles. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Once upon a time, fight club, this Mr. And Mrs. Smith. He's all over the place. I don't know. I, I wish he got more cred, I guess, for being more than just a hot dude with a great bod and a cool haircut. <laughs> That's true. That's all I ever hear about that guy. He won the Oscar for Supporting Actor, didn't he, last year? Yeah. He won for um, supporting Best Supporting Actor in 2020. He definitely deserved. That's cool. Good for him. They're both very good. I'd say I prefer Brad Pitt. More than Clooney, because I think Clooney is very typecast and he can be one note a lot of the time, but he still is very versatile within his segment of what he does still. I do agree with that. Yeah, he's good at what he does. He, yeah, he always kind of feels like the suave guy to me yeah, in all his roles, but it's just the context, I guess, of the story, how suave he is or what kind of suave. I know. I'm trying to think of when he's not suave. And I can't tell if that's my own personal bias or if he does just get typecast all the time. Even when he was Batman, he was suave. <laughs> <laughs> and he plays it so well every time. I mean, that's probably who he is in real life. That's probably why he's so good at it. <laughs> I don't know enough. I like to think so. <laughs> but I mean, he plays it so well. I'm like, man, that guy's got to be like that every single day, like in the supermarket. But yeah, I think George Clooney's awesome in this. I haven't seen a ton of george clooney movies but you know that scene where he's in the park with linda litsky and he thinks that everybody is a cia agent <laughs> that was funny it was hilarious it was so perfect and it fit his character so well but i guess are we ready for some overall presentation yeah let's go ahead i'm ready <laughs> yep so we got a scale that we use to rate these movies around here it goes from burn it pass watch it or buy it in that order we all give a little spiel, and then we try to average our scores out at the end, but, you know, sometimes it's a little harder than others, so we can only do our best. Like somebody said, maybe this one's like the burn after watching for our burn it category. Gee, I wonder who that was. <laughs> you know, I've probably already given away my hand. I love this movie a lot. I'm just going to give it a buy it. I think it fits perfectly with, like, the Big Lebowski as well. I think they're a perfect double feature for... The way the story's built, the plot, the character interactions, they're just so similar. And I love it when the Coen brothers do movies like this. I don't know if we'll get another one because Hail Caesar, I did not like it very well. I feel like they were trying to capture what they had with Burn After Reading and Big Lebowski. But this one is awesome for all the stuff I've talked about before this. I love it. It's hilarious. All the characters are dirtbags, but they have some kind of charm, and it's fun to see them swept up into this nonsensical plot. So, yep, buy it from Mike. This one's kind of a weird one for me. You know, I, I love the Coen brothers. The Big Lebowski and Oh Brother Where Art Thou are two of my favorite movies, like, ever made. And even with that said, like, Raising Arizona and Fargo are masterworks. I, I would venture to say Fargo is peak coen brothers and what they want to do that's them firing on all cylinders and doing it right without trying too hard and this one kind of to me feels like maybe the beginning of the end 
I still like it a lot. It's funny. It's good. But it, I don't know. I, it doesn't quite catch the O Brother, the Lebowski, and the Fargo vibe for me. And I think, you know, Dan brought it up there in the review. It's about the dialogue and the writing. This one, the ending, is extremely iconic. But the rest of it is like an episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's a plot about nothing. It's nonsensical. It's crazy. Still funny. Still good. Brad Pitt, George Clooney. Amazing. I'm going to give it a watch it. I don't know if I want to own this one necessarily. There are other ones that I, I love more. But that said, I'm going to check out The Ballad of Buster Scruggs next. Because I've heard a lot of people say they love that one. And I unfortunately have yet to see it. So that's a watch it from old Fox and uh <laughs> soon to watch it for Buster Scruggs. Soon to watch for Buster Scruggs. Wow. <laughs> Give us money, Cohen Brothers. <laughs> Sponsor us. <laughs> we'll see what happens at the end. I think somebody might ruin that sponsorship for us. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Just too loud after mine, Cohen Brothers. Because <laughs> um, I think this movie's really good too. And um, you know, it is weird. I'll I'll I will admit that it's not very, I don't know. It's got a weird style to it. That's probably not going to latch onto everybody as you can see with this review. Um, but I think if it clicks for you, you're going to love it. Um, yeah. All the acting is great in this movie. The characters are ridiculous. It's funny. And man, the ending is just perfect for this movie. I really do think that like elevates this movie a lot for me. Just how they end it with JK Simmons. It's like just a bunch of nothing. And it, what did it amount to? Uh, well, nothing really. <laughs> so I don't know. It's just kind of a funny joke for me. Um, I think actually, but I'm going to give it a watch it. I don't know if I would watch this all the time, you know, maybe like once every few years, but I do feel like if I just like watch this a lot, I might get tired of it. But as long as I can keep it fresh, then it's good. I think I'm just going to give it a watch it. You know, there's a running joke about the Coen brothers that they don't know how to end a movie. This movie, the ending is, what did we learn today? A bunch of nothing. That's pretty much how I feel about this movie. I don't like the Coen Brothers original films at all, really. I like No Country for Old Men. That's based off a book, and it also has a terrible ending. True Grit's based off an older movie. But their original works, I just don't like very much. I don't think they're well-written, really. They devolve into just cursing when they're out of ideas as compared to, like, I don't know, let's say a Tarantino who can keep the tension flowing throughout his movies with just dialogue. And the, the characters in this just, I don't like them at all. There's no redeeming qualities about them, which I get is the point they're going for. But there's an art to creating terrible characters and making the audience care about them or what they're doing. And I just don't think this movie achieves it. And because of that, for me, I just found all their like goings on and what they're doing predictable and not original, really. And there wasn't any tension because I just didn't care about them. I found them all extremely annoying and unlikable, especially... Frances McDormand's character. I despised her and hated every minute she was on screen, to the actress's credit, of course, because she nailed that role, as does everybody else in the film. It's very well acted, very well shot. Coen brothers know how to make a movie, but I just don't, 
they need to get better characters for me and better writing, punch it up, and maybe I'll like their stuff a bit more. This one's honestly, I spoiled it at the beginning, but it's a burn it for me. I just don't see the point of this movie being around or existing. It's like, if you want something better in the same vein, go watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia, because that is the prime example of how you do unlikable characters in a funny way. I did not like it one bit. Dang. Man, Dan, you're going to watch it again sometime. You're going to see Osborne Cox doing the step workouts. I'm back. I'm back. You know it? I'm back. (laughs) Maybe it'll slowly sink in. Maybe, you know, you'll think it's stupid, and then a few days later, you'll think about it, and it'll be funny. That's all I can hope. That's all I can hope. Hasn't happened with Lebowski, so I don't know if it'll happen with this. (laughs) You just got to watch Lebowski again. That movie's so good. I love it. I had to watch it a second time to like it. The first time I didn't like it either, but... I don't know. I like whenever we get some variation in thoughts on this show. It is good, yeah. I I think the Coen brothers can be pretty polarizing. I don't think that's incorrect. So what was that? We had two buy it's, a burn it, and watch it? I think there's two watch it's, a buy it, and a burn it. Oh, oh, two watch it's. Okay. Yeah, Fox gave it a watch it, right? I did. I This was your treat yourself. I know. And you gave it a watch. <laughs> there, there's just other Coen Brothers movies out there that I like significantly more and I think are much better films. I, I would venture to say that Fargo is a masterwork of film up there in the great hall of Fox film fame. So uh, for next week, I think I'm going to pick something. I'm going to treat myself to something special. Something real special. Yeah. (laughs) Lately, I've been getting into these old, like, 60s, 70s, 80s uh, giant monster movies from Toho, and I've been watching them like crazy, and I figured, why not subject (laughs) the rest of the hosts (laughs) on the show to the same thing? So I picked um, Frankenstein Conquers the World, or it might be known as Frankenstein versus Baragon. It's got two titles. We're going to watch the Japanese uh, international cut, and it's going to be great, I hope. I've heard it's very underrated, so we'll see. Just going to say as a five-point-something on IMDb. Yeah, well, I mean, look at all those monster movies from back in the day. Yeah, that don't mean (laughs) nothing. You'll see for yourself. It's a giant monster movie. It's got literally got Frankenstein in it, so, you know, (laughs) that, that tells you enough. So I'm just looking at the, like... The poster here on IMDb. And there's this like big gold Greek god looking guy who's got this real creepy smile on underneath Godzilla. No, Baragon's the big lizard. Wait, is the big gold guy Frankenstein? That's Frankenstein. So Godzilla's not in this at all, even though it's Toho? It's Frankenstein versus Baragon. Why would Godzilla be in it? (laughs) I don't know. I saw the big lizard and I was like, okay, Godzilla. And then Greek God looking dude, but apparently that's Frankenstein. (laughs) Why is there like musical notes all over the border of the poster? That's a good question. (laughs) I'm just going to say this looks like a JoJo Bizarre's Adventure manga with all (laughs) All the kanji going on there. I'm pretty stoked about this. It's going to be great. Just, you know, it's a 
giant monster movie. Keep that in your head. It's men in rubber suits, well, and a guy in Frankenstein outfits. So just you know, those concerned like Japanese guys in the bottom corner. That's me looking at this poster right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know Mike didn't like Shin Godzilla much, so we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> let's throw a real a real classic at him with a uh, Frankenstein conquers the world. Yeah, so that's my pick. So yeah. If, any listeners want to watch it? It's on archive.org. I apparently it's proceeded at your own risk. I did not realize it was so sketchy, but Mike and Fox's browser would not. Oh, what was it? They don't want to open it? Well, it just told me it was a risk because it's not an HTTPS. The one you have posted is actually secure. When I went looking for it myself, it was not secure. So if you want to look it up and watch it, Hit us up on Twitter, and TV will hit you with the link. Frankenstein will slide into your DMs. <laughs> you know, search for it at your own risk. Like, this is a perfectly legitimate way to watch this movie, dang it. I, I hope. Hit us up for uh, the secure link. <laughs> also, yeah, Run Real is not liable for any computer damages. That you <laughs> are absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, so if you want to hit us up at all, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, at Run The Real, or you can even email us at runtherealpodcast.gmail.com. Hit us up. Do you like the Cohen Brothers? Do you like Burn After Reading? Let us know. It's a little dis- divisive, it seems, so we'd like to hear from you guys. Yeah. Well, be sure to tune in next week, guys. Uh, we'll have a pretty fun review, probably. Regardless, this this poster's got me kind of... I don't even know. <laughs> and uh, it'll be a fun discussion for sure next week. So be sure to tune in for our next Treat Yourself movie where we're treating ourselves. But, yeah, thanks for listening to us tonight. This is Run The Real, signing off. <laughs>